you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Say hallelujah in here today. Oh, yes, my friends, the resurrection changed it all. Pharisees couldn't stand him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod, all he can do was disrespect him. The disciples denied him. But praise God, this was also a day when the nails couldn't hold him down. The grave couldn't keep him in. Hell couldn't keep him out. And death was swallowed up in victory. Somebody shout hallelujah in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was a day like no other day that over 2000 years ago that the Lord of glory, he came down and he thought about me and he thought about you. Uh, He knew what we was going to do. He knew how we was going to do it. He knew when we were going to do it and he knew in whom we were going to do it with. Uh, Even though he saw all of that, he said, God proved his love towards me that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me. Through death, he destroyed him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Somebody needs to shout up in here this morning. Oh, yes, my friends, the resurrection changed it all, not just for me, but also for you. I'm glad he died for me, but I'm more glad that he rose for me. Oh, yes, God is not dead. He is surely alive. He is never going to be dead. So you can come against the atheist. You can come against the agnostic. You can come against Islam. You can come against Sun Yon Moon. You can come against all of those who don't believe in the Christianity that we believe in because their gods are dead they have eyes but they can't see they have mouths but they can't speak ears but they cannot hear and you got too many people worshiping an unknown god don't even know who god is but i tell you what you got to come to church to understand who he is and i'm telling you one thing saints people are going to rush back to the church again and see but but here's the deal churches can't capitulate to cultural mores The reason people are not coming back to church is because the church is too busy trying to look like the world. See, I'm not going to look like the world just to win you because, see, you need to look at something that's different than you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not going to change. You can't change righteousness and holiness to be a lukewarm righteousness or a lukewarm holiness or a lukewarm word. But the Bible says Jesus don't like lukewarm things. Uh, He said, if you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You either need to be hot or you need to be cold. You need to know him and not know him. But if you try to stand that middle ground and you say, oh, I can go to church, but I don't have to serve Christ, then you lukewarm. I don't know about you, but uh, I think that's pretty graphic that he said, I vomit you out of my mouth. You know what that means? He said, depart from me because you stink. Mm-mm. I told you that was this kind of word today. I tried to give you a warning, but you guys wouldn't listen. <laughs> Amen. Slap somebody and say, I don't say slap them, but slap, slap them high five. <laughs> See, y'all already know what's in my heart, right? You know I wanted to slap somebody last week, so... I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of that old carnality came up then. <laughs> Y'all play my strength in the Lord. Hallelujah. So have somebody high five and say, I believe the resurrection changed it all. I truly believe. I believe that the resurrection changed it all because what he did, saints of God, he, he took on our sin in his body 
on that tree. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 2, he said, after two days, he will revive us. But on the third day, he will raise us up. See, I came to tell somebody that there are some things that are about to be resurrected in your life. I said, after two days, he will revive you. But on the third day, he said, I will raise you up. Somebody say, I'm getting, I'm getting risen up right now. See, somebody's ministry, yeah, I know that ain't proper English. Come on with me. So I said, oh, I'm going to rise. I'm going to rise. Somebody say, I'm going to rise. All right, man. All y'all going to be ghetto today. And so, <laughs> amen. Somebody's ministry is about to be resurrected. Somebody's anointing is about to be resurrected. Somebody's vision is about to be resurrected. Somebody's dream is about to be resurrected. Somebody's calling is about to be resurrected. Somebody's joy is about to be resurrected. Somebody's peace is about to be resurrected. Somebody's career is about to be resurrected. Somebody's business is about to be resurrected. Somebody's health is about to be resurrected. Somebody's faith is about to be resurrected. Wow, Jesus. The devil tried to crucify you, but God said, I'll raise you up. He took his best shot, but you're still here. You're still here. Somebody say, I'm still here. And if you're still here, you're still here to make a difference. Praise God. And see, God is not dead, saints. He's surely alive. Now, how can the resurrection change things for you today? I have a very quick message. It ain't going to be long. I have three points, and we out of here. Are y'all ready? All right, there's three ways that the resurrection can change things for you today. Three ways. You ready? They're easy to remember. I'm going to give you the three, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay? Okay? You ready? So desperation, determination, and declaration. Desperation, determination, declaration. Are you ready? Now, to go to desperation, because see, one thing that I've learned, saints, is when you go to or go through something uh, that's attacking you, and it's, it's, it's not some little light thing, uh, when you go through something in your life, um, you, you get to a point to where now you, you're not just serving God, you're desperate for him. Yes. See, there's a difference between just, just I, I love my wife. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to have a great relationship with her. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. desperate to have a great marriage because, see, it's not good enough to look good in front of you. That's just a smoke screen. It's a facade. And, but I'm, I'm desperate privately. And I'm longing privately that we have a great relationship privately so that I can get up here and do what I do publicly. Uh-huh. And so if you're not grounded in privately, what? You can't be powerful publicly. Amen. And so what we do in our private life matters. It's a word called character. Character is who you are when nobody else is looking. And character is either you have it or you don't. You don't have a little character. Either you have character or you don't. It's something you are when nobody else is looking. When you're by yourself, what's going on in your life? What are you reading? How are you praying? What are you clicking on the internet? What are you watching on social media? What are you filling your mind with? You becomes. You become. So, so or in other words, what fills your mind is what you will become. So whatever is going in transforms how you think. So if you say, you know, you've been on Facebook for two hours, but you hadn't had your face in his book, then that's why you talk the way you talk. 
that's why you act the way you act. Why? Because only the word of God can renew your mind to get you back on track so that you can set your mind on things above and not on the earth. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? See, that's just not going to happen. You're just not going to think about heaven just because you're saved. At least I haven't met anybody yet. If, if, if you are, boy, you are good. You are really good. If you can stay away from church and stay away from the word and stay away from prayer and stay away from worship and you still you still strong as a Christian. Oh, my God, you are quite an anomaly. And, and I need you to come up here and lay hands on me right now. Because I haven't mastered that yet. I have to stay in the word. I have to stay prayed up. I have to continue to worship. I have to continue to forgive. I have to continue to give because every day is a fight. Amen. That's why Paul says you must die daily. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Jesus gave himself. Nobody could take his life. He said, I I lay it down. He said, and if I lay it down, I can take it up again. No man could kill Jesus. It, the nails didn't keep him on the cross. It was the love for us. Hello, somebody. So desperation, desperate. Somebody say I'm desperate. And see, see, sometimes, uh, okay, okay, let me see if I can uh, give a natural example of a, oh yeah, I got it. Let me give you a nat natural example of a spiritual reality here. I need everybody to hold your breath right now. Just... Uh-huh. See? You see? See, you got desperate. You see that? You see that desperation? It, did, you didn't, it didn't last long. Did it? See, let me tell you something. As important as air is to your body is just as, poor, as important as the spirit is to your spirit man. And you have to get desperate for more of God's spirit. You, did you, that just, uh, it wasn't even a minute. That was a few seconds, right? But you got desperate. Why? Your body said, oh, I need air. Did you hear that? You said, oh, I need air. See, when you're going through some stuff, you need some air. Uh -huh. See, when the enemy is attacking, you need air. When he hits your body, you need air. When he takes away your job, you need air. Come on, somebody. You, you look at your ministry and it's not growing like you thought it was going to be. You need air. Am I by myself here? So you got to get desperate. So I want to talk about a guy who was desperate. Now, this was before the resurrection, but Jesus brought resurrected power before he died. Uh-huh. Because the resurrected power resurrect dead things. And you have to have resurrection power to raise dead things. Now, I know, I know a couple of people died in the Old Testament, but they died again. Mm -hmm. And there were some, new, there were some people in the New Testament, they, were, they rose from the dead too, but they died again. Except one. And that was Jesus. He died, but he got up. So he had resurrection power in him. Why? Because he is, listen to me close, he is God. Not was, because he's still living. He's not dead. So he is God. He has resurrected power. And today is a day like no other. Listen to this. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. I want to read about a guy by the name of Jairus. Most of you already read about Jairus. 
in Mark chapter 5. We're going to read a couple of scriptures here about Jairus. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's quite important about resur- bringing resurrection power to your house. Hallelujah. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 21 says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogues came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Did you hear the faith-filled words right there? And this was an unbeliever. And so verse 24, So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. That means touched him. And uh, we're going to stop right there at verse 24. So here, here let, me, let me just lay this out here. Here we have a Jewish leader who had one of the chief seats uh, in the synagogue. And, and to understand the dynamics of what was going on at this particular time, the men who held the chief seats in the synagogue were not real nice to Jesus because Jesus was a threat to their way of living. See, Jesus came and taught the truth about God. These men actually were getting rich because of God. Uh, you got to read the whole scripture so you can understand that, but I don't have time to go into all of it. But what took place here is quite amazing. This was a man who had money. This was a man who had the position. This was a man who had a chief seat in the synagogue. This was a man who who was influential in the community. This was a man who probably lived well, lived in a nice community, had a better house than most because of his position. But when something attacked his house, See, see, something, when something attacks your house, all of that ideology and all of that other stuff, all the stuff that you thought you needed, you don't need it anymore. See, something attacked this man's house. He came to Jesus because something was dying in his house. His daughter, as a matter of fact, the Bible said he came to here because he came to Jesus because he said, My daughter is dying. Isn't it amazing when you get desperate? You you go against all your little religion. See, 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 at some point you get in your life that your little religion just won't do it for you anymore. See, see, just just going to church, that's just uh, that's just not going to get it for you. See, you're going to have to get desperate for God. You're going to have to sometimes push back Facebook. You're going to have to sometimes turn off the television. You're going to have to sometimes put the phone away, get down on your knees and just begin to weep for God and say, God, I need you because I'm desperate for you to move in my life and in my home. I need you to bring resurrection power to my house. And you notice the posture of this man. See, it's not good enough to know where to go is how to go. The Bible says that when Jairus came to Jesus, verse 22, the Bible said that he fell at his feet. See, see, the problem with people who think they know God, they think that God owes them something. God owes you nothing. He's already died. He's not going to shed any more blood. So you're not doing God a favor by coming to church just on Easter. And since I got you in here, I might as well give you some truth. He's not impressed. He's impressed by faith, not by going through the motions. So the thing is, is God in you. That's the most important thing. Because one time I know 
everybody in here, you faced a desperate time. Amen. Amen. It might have been the time you got saved. I believe the moment B.C., before Christ, that it was, it was a desperate situation. You were desperate because you knew all of your little plans failed. Every one of them failed. And even with doing all of your A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 2, F, H, G, I, 5, 9, 8, B, R, 5, 4, 9 plan. When all of that failed, God was still there. And he said, this is, this is the moment I've been trying to get you. Why? Because you got desperate at that moment. See, it wasn't critical until you got desperate. See, you still did your little stuff, but you came home and you were still void. See, see, isn't it amazing that people in front of people, oh, you just think that, oh, man, you just got it going on. Oh, they just have, they just look, oh, you look at them, they just, oh, boy, they just got it on. They're just so happy, you know, and then they get home and they weep and they cry because they feel alone. See, that's desperation. See, and that's what people do. And see, and if you don't know God, then you will be pulled, just like this skit. You will be pulled in so many di- different directions. Why? Because you're desperate to be wanted. Um, and see, the enemy knows what you want because the enemy knows your appetite. Uh-huh. Because see, that's when the Bible says that we are drawn away by our own lust. Uh, come on, it doesn't stop there. And enticed. Uh, and see, the devil knows your bait. Everybody in here has bait. You know what you like, how you like it, when you like it. You know how you want it to smell, how tall you want him to be, and how white his teeth has to be. You got your list down. See, that's your bait. And if you think I'm lying, let that man pass by you. You go, oh, God. Hey, ba-ba-ba-ba-ta-ta-ta-ha-ha-ha. Kawasaki Cadillac Hyundai. You just think, yeah, you think you saved? Yeah, yeah, right, right, Lafayette, Lafayette over there. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, fellas. I'm not just talking about the women. Come on, fellas. That little old chick walked by, and you go, oh, God. <laughs> Y'all know you get that second look. Uh-huh, that's why, yeah, 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 your, your rubber band is broke. You see, it takes the word of God to keep that rubber band tight because you're not even supposed to be looking. Now, sometimes my wife would give me some grace, and she'd say, baby, look at that. And i go, you sure? (laughs) 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 I'm like, look, girl, before I look now, I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to... Fellas, don't be looking unless your wife says, okay, look at that, okay. (laughs) All right, we're ready to get back in the word. (laughs) Praise God. And see, and see, no, no, not too long. That's right, not too long. Don't be looking too long. You know, because you don't you don't want to bring that thing in. You don't want to bring that thought, right? You know, lust when it's conceived brings forth sin. Sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. So that's why you have to watch a thought life. You have to watch what you bring into your mind because once it's conceived, it will hatch. It's like an egg. And I did a message years ago. I don't even know how long ago. Uh, I call it snake eggs in your head. And see, what happens is, y'all got to go back. I don't even know. I got to re-preach that thing. But, it's, but, but what happens is it's like a snake egg that lays an egg on your head. Now, see, that's, not, that's, that's bad, but, but what happens is you can, you can 
flicker away the egg, right? You can, you can flicker away the thought. Why? Because you, think that you take the thought captive. And how do you take it captive? Jesus, I believe in the name of the Lord that my mind is renewed right now. You begin to read the word. So you take that thought captive in the name of the Lord. But if you don't, you take that thought in. That's when it hatches. And see, when it hatches, it brings forth a web. And then you get tangled. up. See, that's why the Internet is called the web. Because once you get all up in there, you get all tangled up. See, somebody in here is all tangled up in a relationship. It's a web. And you can't even get out because the more you struggle, the tighter it becomes. Why? Every time you try to get out, they try to tell you something. No, you don't need to get out because I think I love him. No, that ain't love. You're in a web. And the more you struggle, the tighter it is. It's like a, it's like a constrictor. Uh-huh. It's like a constrictor. And see, a constrictor... What happens, it, mm, mm. what happens with a constrictor is he will wrap around anything, anything, an animal, person, it doesn't matter. They will constrict. Now listen, the way the animal or the thing that it constricts, the way it dies is every time you breathe out, he tightens. And so that breath is gone. You breathe out again, he tightens. See, the devil is a restrictor. See, every time you don't get this in you, you go, he tightens. Every time God says, I need you to go to church, he tightens. Every time God says, I need you to pray, he tightens. Every time God says, I need you to worship me today, I need you to push everything back, he tightens. And you die of, Caitlin, check me on this, exfiliation. Did I say the word right? Yeah. It, you asphyxiate. I got a ghetto tongue, so I can't say it. What is it? Okay, you, you're the nurse, so praise God. That word. Let me give you another term. You die. Is that good enough? I think that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's good. You, you dead. You dead. You dead. You dead. So, so listen. But that moment you lose your breath, you're desperate. You're desperate. You're desperate. Jairus was desperate. He, he felt, oh, but we need to be back there. They're having a good time. He was, he, was, <laughs> he was desperate. And see, when you're desperate, you would do things you wouldn't normally do when you're desperate. You will worship differently when you're desperate. You will pray differently when you're desperate. See, see. I knew how to pray for people to have a job when I didn't have one. See, my desperation attached to theirs because I knew how it felt. When you lose a job, man, that's a, boy, that'll, for a man, that'll put you in depression if you don't watch it. Come on now. All the fellas lost jobs up in here. Come on now. 2008, I was one of them, right? So you, you get desperate. Your prayer life changes when you're desperate. Let me tell you this. When something hits you in your house, you turn that TV off? Why? Because now I'm desperate. See, I don't have time to listen to that because I got to listen to him. Somebody say, I got to get desperate. See, this man was desperate. And because he was desperate, he went to the man who can bring resurrection power to his house. Mm -hmm. And his name is Jesus. Hey, he can bring resurrection power to your house. You just got to get desperate for him. Listen, please don't wait for something horrible to happen in your life before you get desperate for God. You do not have to wait. You can get desperate for him right now. 
But let me tell you something. If you don't get desperate for him now, something is going to happen. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just stating it's the fact. It is a fact. God, listen to me close. Write this down. Put it on Facebook. God will get your attention by revelation or by tribulation. But he will get your attention. You're either going to get it by the word or you're going to get it by worry. One way or the other, God will not be denied. He will get your attention. At that moment, you have to receive him or reject him. But you can't say God doesn't love me. No, you just rejected God. So we got to get desperate for him. Amen. But listen, desperation is not enough. Because now we're getting running, we're getting ready to run into somebody else. She teaches us about determination. So let's keep reading the word. So back at verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had it for 12 years, 26, and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all her money. That woman had to be pretty rich because it took her 12 years to get broke. This woman spent all she had. It took her 12 years to go broke because obviously this woman had a lot. So you got to, oh my God, you got to see the picture here, how much this woman wasted her resources. I wonder how many resources you're wasting right now when you should have gone to God in the first place. It's rhetorical. Don't answer that. You just answer that when you get in the car. This woman spent everything she had. And she grew worse. Verse 27. And when she heard, somebody say, I heard. And when she heard about Jesus, boy, this is amazing. She came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. And she said, now you got to listen to the words. You got to listen to these words. And she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she she felt within her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? See, this woman was desperate enough to be determined to do what she needed to do. See, desperation is not enough. Then you have to be determined to do what you need to do. Because you can get desperate and set out to do something, but you're always going to have people to try to stop you. See, this woman, she was not only desperate, she was also determined. With a flow of blood like that, she was not even supposed to be around in the crowd. She was supposed to be off by herself during the time of purification. But this woman knew, I got a problem. I know I'm not even supposed to be here. I know religion is telling me that I'm out of order right now, but religion can't heal me. So I got to get back to that relationship with the person who can heal me. So she had to fight through the crowds through all of the skepticism and all of the criticism and all of the cynicism and she had to fight through all of the people who were stepping on her all of the people said get back all the people said you can't do that all the people said you don't have the money for that all the people said oh you're gonna hurt yourself if you do that all of the people who try to stop you from doing what God has called you to do she said I got to get desperate I got to get determined because this is a man that can heal me and see let me tell you something when you get desperate and when you get determined you can make Jesus turn around 
Woo! See, what happened was everybody was touching Jesus, but none of them had faith. But when this woman came behind him, she touched the hem of his garment. He said, who touched my clothes? Why? Because this woman had some faith. She was desperate and she was determined. And we're not desperate and determined enough in the church. That's why we're losing all of the power that we're supposed to have. See, a lot of people are waiting for the pastors to do it. You know what I'm waiting on? I'm waiting on you to do it. Stop asking me what I'm going to do. You do something. Well, pastor, um, I really want to do something in the church, but uh, you guys just don't have that kind of program. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why he sent you here. If you wait on me to start it, I'm, I'm not doing it. He didn't tell me to start it. If it's on your heart, obviously he wants you to do it. There's something inside of all of us that God says you can do it. It's not up for me to do it. There are people that you can reach, sir. I would never be able to reach. Why? Because you can connect with them. One of the reasons I love going to pilgrims is because most of those people at Pilgrim, they're ghetto. <laughs> Ain't they, boo? they ghetto. Y'all know they ghetto. Y'all know they ghetto. I'm just telling the truth. They're ghetto. They all ghetto. They all ghetto. <laughs> white, black, it don't matter. They all ghetto. There's some ghetto white people, too. They just as ghetto as black folks. I heard somebody talking. I thought for sure they were black. It was a little white girl. I said, <laughs> I said girl, you got more black than you than I do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm, look, I'm just going to talk about it, right? But you know what? I'm more comfortable there. I grew up in the ghetto, right? Don't ever think that you somehow arrived. I don't care how cute your little suit look or how cute your little hair looks. It doesn't matter. You hadn't arrived. People need you. You better stop all that fakery and posing and be who you really are and get down and let God change you on the inside. So he can make a difference with you on the outside because what God is trying to do, he's trying to give you a change on the inside to manifest it on the outside. Amen. And so let God do it. That's why I love being out there. I, that, that's, I, I, I hate getting up at three o'clock in the morning, but <laughs> praise the Lord. But I will go every week. Right, baby? I'm there every week. Why? Because I love being around people who are desperate. Amen. And guess what? I got the answer. I don't even have to apologize for it. And I know when I go in that place, I know the light is emanating from my life because Christ, the king, is inside of me. Is there no king in you? I think it was Donald Lawrence sang that song, There is a King in You. Is there no king in you? I came to declare to everybody in here, there is a king in you. It doesn't matter who said that you couldn't do something in your past. It doesn't matter how you were treated in the past. I know it hurt. I know it was hurtful. Some of you even were bullied in your past. Some of you may have been um, um, just abused in your past by people that were close to you. But guess what? There's still a king in you. And listen, you can allow that stuff to stop you or you can release the king. And if you release the king, God will take you to places and you'll look around and go, how in the world? Did I get up in here? 
right? I never forget when we had to go to Greenville. I had never preached in a church that large before, a mega church. And I got up there, man, he was with me. He, I was like, he said, you all right? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, he said, you all right? I said, I said, yeah, I think I'm all right. And see, what got me too, because normally I get a chance to prepare before I go out. But Pastor John is not like that. Pastor John said, we're going to go out immediately. I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> and we went out immediately, and I'm, I'm thinking about my notes. I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I get that part right, get that part right. Y'all know who I'm talking about. If you ever preached before, you know, right, bro? Y'all wanna, okay, I want to make sure I hit that point. And, man, I got up there. Man, people just kept. I just, oh, God, there's a lot of people in here. <laughs> and you know what I thought? I said, Lord, how did I get in here? <laughs> but you know what the Lord told me? He said, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Something else he told me. He said, you're not going to be preaching in places like this. It's going to be your place. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But guess what? I'm just as nervous when I get up here before you. It doesn't matter if it's 10 or 10,000. Why? Because when I preach the word of God, I want to make sure I'm right with him. I don't care if you don't like it. I'm just being honest with you. I don't, it doesn't matter if you like my messages or not. I want to make sure I please God. Right. Because if I please him, then I am giving you something that you need. Now, it might not be palpable for you right now. You might not like it. It might not chew right. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, you're ready to come in and drink some milk. And if you want to drink some milk and I give you meat, it just won't hit your stomach right. Right. And, and sometimes it might hit your stomach. You go, ooh. but just hold on. Just hold on. Don't go to the bathroom yet. Just hold it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Y'all was getting too serious. I had to break that up. (laughs) Determination. See, what what happened here, guys, so you have an insider and an outsider. Jairus was the insider. This woman was a Gentile, outsider. And first, she was a woman. See, women didn't have any rights back then. So you got an insider and an outsider. You got a woman on one side. You got a child on the other side. You got death on one side and disease on the other side. You got a public miracle on one side and a private miracle on the other side. And it doesn't matter which side you're on, you just have to get to Christ. Both of them had a need. So it doesn't matter if you're in the church or in the world, Jesus is still the answer. Amen. Amen. Desperation, determination, And the last one is declaration, and we're out of here. Let me give you some declaration. This is what Jairus said. Listen to the words. Jairus says, come lay hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now, was there any doubt in those words? For all intents and purposes, this guy didn't even know Jesus. He just saw what Jesus did. And based on what Jesus did, he said, If he did in my house what he did in somebody else. See, saints, if God did it in somebody else's house, he will do it in your house. Come on, saints. And see, some people say, well, I'm not the pastor or I'm not a deacon or I'm not an elder. I don't have any titles. If God did it in this man's house, you don't need a title. You already his child. 
That's title enough. If you have received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that's title enough. See, you can be assured that if something happens, you're going to heaven. It's a simple prayer. However, I wouldn't want to be the person who staked my whole eternal salvation on a thought. I thought I, mm -mm, that's too long. Eternity is a long time to base it on a thought. You better base your eternal soul on truth. And the truth is, he died for you so that you can live. Amen. Amen. This man has some faith-filled words. What about her words? Let's look at her words. She said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Isn't that amazing? See, sometimes, saints, when you're going through stuff, you need to watch this right here. That mouth. Watch what you say, how you say it. You need to continue to speak faith-filled words. And if you got people around you that's negative, get away from them. Now, I'm talking about people who are desperate and determined. See, you might not understand what I'm talking about until you get desperate. But, but, but when you're desperate, then you don't have a whole lot of flexibility and time to be wasting on people. Uh-huh. See, when I was going through my radiation, I didn't have a whole lot of time to be wasting on negativity. And see, I didn't really care about your feelings. Because when you're going through chemo and when you're going through radiation, your temper is already. Already. And so when you got people around you, you better get away from me. And then I say, oh, that's just that's just the radiation talking. <laughs> you know, then you apologize later because, you know, you get convicted. You know, I'm sorry. That's just, a, you know, I just I was just going through something, you know, but other people know what I'm talking about. Right. Right. Because you're doing all you can to stay encouraged. And sometimes church folk don't even understand. Oh, you just got to have faith. I'm a pastor. I can teach you all about faith (laughs) up one side, down the other. I can break it down through the Hebrew and through the Greek. I know what faith is and I know what it isn't. But just because I'm hurting don't mean I don't have faith. So church folk, can I help you? Can you please be more sensitive and stop all those shenanigans like your faith is all at? See, when is you laying on that bed and when is you got that needle in your arm getting that chemo? It's a whole different story then. Oh, you just got to have faith. I bet you won't say that again. I guarantee you, you won't use those words again. Why? Because we already know we got to have faith. What I need is somebody just to stand with me. What I need is somebody to say, you're going to beat this. What I need is somebody just to give me a hug and say, you're going to be all right, pastor. I stand with you. That's all people need is to know that you're with them. Declaration. See, this church has a master switch back there. It's a box. It's a breaker box. It's a master switch back there. If you turn that master switch off, It doesn't matter how many lights you try to flick on in here, it will not illuminate. As a matter of fact, you can go back there to the breaker box, and you can can flip every breaker all you want, and you can come in here and try to turn the light on. It is not going to work. See, the lights can't turn on until you turn the master on. Some of y'all won't get it until later. (laughs) That's okay. But see, 
This is how you turn the master on. You give the master back his words. You tell the master, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You tell the master, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned. You tell the master that for those he foreknew, he also predestined to become the sons of God. Come on, come on. You give the devil back his words. You tell him, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on. What's the rest of it? Come on. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. What? He was the still waters. Come on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For you are with me. For thy rod and thy staff, they shall comfort me. Come on. Thou prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, come on, come on. What's it? Come on, your cup do what? Your cup runneth over. What else? What else? And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Come on. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Who shall I be afraid? When the enemies of my foes came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. That's what you got to give the Lord back. You give him back his word. Turn the master switch on. Woo! I wish I had two or three people that know what I'm talking about to stand to your feet right now because you know you had to turn the master on. You know you had to speak the word of God. You know you had to get in a positive posture. You know you had to worship God. You know you had to praise God. You was about to lose your mind, but God came through for you. Desperation. Determination. Declaration. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.